Welcome to the Liberated Latina Podcast, your space to be activated and elevated so you can become a sought-after coach online. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, visibility coach helping amazing women of color coaches reclaim their voice and have a poppin' and profitable online presence. Visibility is so much deeper than just strategy and mindset alone. Here you'll get the concepts and tools that will amplify your message and catapult you as an irresistible choice in your niche. The time for women of color leadership is here. Ready? Of course you are. Let's dive into the episode. Hello, you beautiful soul. Welcome back to the Liberated Latina podcast. And I am so excited to introduce you today to Tavana Denise. We met through a mastermind that we were a part of. And let me tell you, this woman is going to hit you so deep. Tavana helps coaches and consultants essentially redesign their business so they can actually have the lifestyle and the impact that they started their business for. She's a former physical therapist, she's a master certified life coach and trauma-informed business mentor, and she's the creator of Launch Therapy, which is a process that helps online service providers fill their group programs with integrity and ease so they can bring in their favorite clients without suffering through that terrible launch burnout that we all have likely experienced She is also the author of The Unstoppable Success, How to Finally Create the Body, Business, and Lifestyle You Want, and she is the voice behind the podcast Breaking Protocol and Coaching and Conversation. So go ahead and follow Tavana on all the socials. I'll have her links below. And if you are wanting to fill a group program, to launch a group program with clients that you love and you want to have a launch process that feels really good the entire way through, check out her new program, SOS, Sold Out Service and actually I will be part of the dream team as she's calling it so I'm going to be part of this program teaching all about custom client attraction and amplifying your visibility through your unique gifts so go ahead and check that out it may just be the type of support that you are looking for and that you're ready for and if you apply make sure that you mention my name or mention this podcast and I hope you really enjoy this conversation. It was so good. It was so deep. It was so soul-led and soulful. And I just know there's going to be lots of good, deep revelations for you in this conversation. So enjoy. All right, mujeres, welcome back to the Liberated Latina podcast. And I am so excited to have Tavana here today. We were mastermind sisters and then we just through divine intuition reconnected and Tavon, I don't know about you, but I just left that conversation feeling so full Mm. and like it was, we just hit on so many key parts that I didn't even realize we aligned so deeply on, especially when it comes to women of color and building sustainable businesses and redefining success and having an honest conversation of what it can look and feel like to to have trauma resurface even through the business building process. So I just knew I had to have you on here. (laughs) So thank you so much for making the time and for saying yes. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I can't, I have no idea what we're going to dive into because that conversation went all over the place, but I know it's going to be juicy. Yeah. So I love that you actually started out as a PT. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. I I practiced physical therapy for 19 years before I went full-time as a coach. And so 
my work, what I realized after a, actually this is seven years doing business coaching, I realized that the way that I've always thought about business was how I did things as a PT because I'm always looking for in physical therapy, we're looking for dysfunction. We're looking for the root cause. Somebody comes to us with pain. Some Somebody comes to us with a joint or something that's not moving well. We're always looking to find out what's the root cause of this dysfunction or pain. And so I didn't realize until very recently that that's exactly what I was doing in my business. I was looking at people's businesses. They would come to me with the symptom. They would say, usually it's, I don't have any clients or I don't have enough clients. And I'm looking back several steps to find out, okay, what's really causing this? Because it's not what we see, it's what's happening in the background. So that's that's kind of how I use physical therapy as a business coach. Yeah, and I, that is such a key um, differentiator, I'd say, in surface level support versus like really exceptional support and coaching right? When somebody can hear what you're saying and meet you in the symptoms, but then also have the insight to know, okay, let me go four layers deeper so that you don't just feel the temporary relief of like, you know, solving your problem, but we're actually getting to the permanence, the permanent solution here. It's not like a quick win type of thing. Exactly. And I think this is something I don't remember if we talked about this when you and I were talking that day, but it's something that's been on my heart because I've always looked at business that way. I love business. I've had offline businesses. I had a physical therapy contracting company. I had an alternative fitness event company that was kind of like a hybrid of online, offline. I had online community, but we did offline events. And so I've been in business a long time and I know that there are a number of components of business. And so I'm looking, just like in physical therapy, we're looking at strength, balance, flexibility, coordination. The same thing happens in business. If somebody comes to me and they say, I don't have clients, I'm not just looking at your marketing. I'm not just looking at your sales. I'm looking at your mindset. I'm looking at your offer. I'm looking at the marketing, the sales, the copy, the website. I'm looking at all of it. And um, it is something that for years, I didn't have the words to say, and this is probably like what we were talking about, the trauma of, I remember in hypnotherapy one time, I went back to this place where I was three years old and I couldn't see over the table, but the the adults were talking about something. They had a problem. They couldn't find something or see something. And I could, or I knew the answer. And I tried to tell them, I guess in my three-year-old broken English, and they were like, children are to be seen and not heard. And that from that hypnotherapy is the first time that I realized that my voice was shut down, my brilliance was shut down when I knew something and there was somebody that I perceived to be an authority or bigger than me, which could be a business, another business coach that makes more money than me, has more followers than me or whatever. They become the authority and what I say doesn't matter. And so for years I didn't say what I saw and what I really knew from practice. Like I've had multiple businesses on and offline because of that right there. And so I want to thank you, Daisy, for this opportunity to be an adopted, liberated Latina, (laughs) right? And to share my voice because to your point about the difference between surface level business coaching and 
root level business coaching is that what I find often is what's marketed in the online space is I made money and I made money this way. And so I'm going to teach you how to make money. And to me, that's not business coaching. That's business mentorship. There is a difference. Mentorship is where someone has done something and they mentor you in the process that they've done. The problem that I see is if you go into that, you think it's coaching, and I'll explain the difference in a second, and you are not able to follow the steps that they followed for whatever reason, different personality, you come with different assets, like you have less followers, you don't have a community, whatever, you have, you don't have the skill set that they came with when they implemented said strategy, and you can't implement it or you try and it doesn't work, then we go or we often see our brothers and sisters that are in the business be shamed. Oh, you didn't work hard enough. Oh, your mindset's not right. And I don't think that that's right. And also, I'm not removing blame or anything from them, but I just want to highlight that the reason they do that is because they don't realize that they're a mentor, not a coach, not a business consultant. And so they can only teach what they know, but they didn't know that that's what they were selling. And yeah. so this is how, how it turns out. Whereas a coach will ask you questions to help you find your truth, to help you find the, the alignment for you. A coach will ask you questions so they understand you, your life experience, your lived experience, the context that you come to the conversation with so that you can build a strategy around that. A consultant will do the same. They will understand all the components of business and find inefficiencies in the process and help you there. So I'll pause mm -hmm. there for reflections, but that's basically what's been on my heart and mind that I didn't have words for that now I do. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I think that, um, you know, whatever higher entity you believe in, but I think God is really doing a, uh, a, a big revamping in the coaching industry, because I do think that it has swung so far into that mentorship type of support, right? Where it's like, hey, I had my first 100K year. I did it in these five steps. Come in and I'll teach you, you know, what I did. And what I was seeing a lot of, though, was that coaches would come in and they'd say, just tell me what to do. And it's like, we can't, nobody has that power to to tell you what like that's not coaching that's a have, hiring a drill sergeant <laughs> like that's like going to the to a boot camp and they're like get on the floor and do sit-ups and keep running like that's a drill sergeant yeah and and it's so tempting and it feels comforting because that's really what we grew up like that's kind of the energy that we grew up in right just tell me what to do in school it's like this is your syllabus this is your curriculum do xyz and you'll get an a Mm -hmm. And if you deviate for any reason, we're not going to give you an A. We're going right. to call you a misfit, unruly, we we'll send you to the principal. So even if there was a person or we'll label you ADHD or whatever, you know, and even if there is a person who is more innovative, more creative, who wants to flow outside of the confines of the curriculum, they they can't. That's that to me, that's that traumatic, that's trauma response to like get back into line, mm -hmm, you know, to not mm -hmm. trust yourself, to not trust your creativity and your innovation. And mm -hmm. I think so many of us are suffering from that when we come from 
a school that taught us how to be good employees. And many of us go into entrepreneurship because we feel that calling for something that we're supposed to create. And the challenge with that is when you're supposed to create it, there is no roadmap, there is no blueprint, there is no checklist. And so anybody, my personal opinion about this, anybody who tells you they, that there is, is lying. Yeah. It's um, it's funny because I, I wrote a post that as I was writing it, I was like, oh my gosh, I kind of felt a little bit like shaky, but I'm like, no, this has to be said. And mm. it was something along the lines of, you know, I think the the traditional advice given when when we come into businesses invest in somebody who has the results that you want yes right invest with somebody who has who has made the money that you want to make so we look at these people that are making the seven eight nine figures and they're traveling in luxury and they have the fancy car and they have the you know the laptop aesthetic the freedom-based lifestyle and we say okay they're they have the results that i want i need to hire them to do it their way what mm -hmm. really the, the better investment decision is investing in somebody that has the skills to help you understand how to get there, how to create the results that you want. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and it's so interesting to me. I don't really understand why we have that mentality in the online space. And I'm not saying that, uh, so I'm going to use schools and healthcare because that's my background. So I'm from a family of educators and I was in healthcare for 19 years. And I'm not saying that either of those industries is perfect, not by any stretch, but in, in school, what I think when I think about an MBA, for example, because I don't think that a lot of us realize, especially if we're coaches, that we're, we're like a double major. You're majoring in coaching but you're also majoring in business and you got to figure both of those out. So we do the, the coaching work and then we don't do as much on in the business side. And then even when we look at, let's say, for example, an MBA program, even accelerated programs are like 18 months, 24 months, and they have multiple classes, which to your point, Daisy, just means there are multiple skills that you need to learn to be able to run a successful, sustainable business. And if you're not able or willing to learn that skill, you need to be ready to hire for it because business is business. And it requires those things. It requires you to have marketing sales delivery. Those are the big three components. You look at any organizational chart, you will see them. And so, yes, we may be a company of one or maybe a company of two or three, but you're wearing all of those hats. And if you don't figure out how to execute those skills, it's going to be kind of challenging. Then when I bring in the, the healthcare part, one of the things that I think healthcare does do well in terms of the people that are professionals within there is that we have to take continuing education courses in order to keep our licenses because we know that things are advancing, things are evolving, and we don't know everything coming out of school. And so it's normal practice for us. If I'll tell you what I did, like when I started working out in the clinics, like when people come, they hurt their neck, their shoulder, their back. And I started getting all these shoulder, these uh, patients with shoulder problems. And I could do something for them, but it, they weren't getting as, they weren't getting better to the point that I wanted them to. So 
I took a continu continuing education series on shoulders so that I could support them. And I think that's also lost in the coaching industry, especially it's almost like, okay, you got the certification, however long it was, whether it was a weekend, whether it was six months, a year, and you're supposed to be able to do everything with that. And we, that's just not true. Even if you could, things evolve. Now we're talking a lot about trauma in the coaching space. People are more aware that that's the underlying motivator for a lot of things that they do or don't do. And so that is now new awareness. You might want to become trauma-informed. You don't necessarily need to be certified, but you might want to be aware of it so that you can refer your people out if they're not getting better. And so I, I think that at least in healthcare, that part they got right, um, really recognizing that one person can't be all the things. Like, that's the other thing I hear when people are like, oh, this is the last whatever you'll ever need in terms of business. And I'm like, really? But you only have one skill. What about the rest of the skills in business? Mm -hmm. I just appreciate you coming on and spitting fire. Like, I'm so here for this because I feel like it, this is the, the truth, right? This is the truth that we just need to be more aware of so that the coaching industry can do what I really feel like it's here to do, which is to create that deep transformational results, right? Like, I, I feel like it's just gotten... It's just gotten very, um, you know, glamorized, like come into coaching to make a million dollars. But really, it's like we're coming into coaching because we have a specific calling to help people at the deepest level. And coaching is here to set people free. And, and, and we, we must allow ourselves to both heal our own blocks, traumas, trauma responses, defense mechanisms, and also learn how we can help navigate others through that so that the industry can really get back to what it was here to do. So along with that, I know we've, we've been, you know, using the, the word trauma. I'm curious, what, what were the realizations? I know it was partly your healthcare background, background, but even personally, what were some of the realizations as you were healing yourself that you were like, oh, wait, there's actually a lot of personal trauma that is either kicked back up through the entrepreneurship process or even, you know, trauma that is created through the entrepreneurship process? Oh, that's such a good question. So it, it started when I had my first six-figure launch and I was completely depressed and paranoid and freaked out of running out of money. You're talking about somebody that had literally $100,000 sitting in her checking account. I had never had that much money in my life. And it was all in the checking account. And I was more paranoid than ever of running out of money. And depressed because I was like, I don't feel any different. It's almost like, you know, you're about to have a birthday and, and then you get to the, that day or the next day and people were like, how do you feel? The same as I did the day before, shit. <laughs> and so that's what, that's what it felt like to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've worked so hard for. This is what I've missed birthdays for. This is what I've met. Like, this sucks. And that was like 
the first part of the journey where I stopped doing all business coaching, like forget that business coaching, business mentors, nothing. I'm only working on me. I had a life coach, a, a health coach, an energy healer, like all of the things. And so that was the first part of my awakening and learning about inner child work and reparenting. And, and my definition or one of my mentors that uses the definition of trauma is anything that is deemed to be too much, too soon, too fast. And so for me to have that influx of income come in, it was traumatic to my system because of some other stories that I had. But when we think about trauma in this context, what you and I are talking about today, sometimes people separate it from big T and little t trauma. So we're talking about the little t trauma, not like um, any, I don't want to like activate anybody that might be listening, but anything that we think trauma and big, right? Versus what I'm talking about now. You you would look and say, girl, you got that much money in your account. How is that traumatic? It, my system felt like it was too much, too soon, too fast. And so that is when I, my system, I freaked out. And that's what, what we're using as trauma in this context of this conversation. So that was the first part. And then I had the program and I had um, some clients that hardworking, high achieving, brilliant people who already had clients. So it wasn't like they were starting from zero and they would, I was teaching how to launch and they were in this process trying to launch and I will watch them freak out and what, what it looked like. Cause that's my interpretation of it. And I always told people, listen, when you make a, de when you decide that you're going to do something, you're going to, there's going to be a freak out moment. Because the ego is trying to stay safe. It wants to stay alive. And in order to become a person that earns six figures, seven figures, eight figures, whatever, to be a different person than you are, you have to kill off who you were. And so there is going to be a, a freak out moment, the insecurity moment, the unsure, I don't know. And so I watched these people who knew what they were doing, had everything lined out, completely throw things away, change their mind, start over. I would watch people ghost, leave the program for weeks at a time. Oh, I was on vacation. Uh, I would, but they would be working on other stuff online. I would, I mean, I would see people argue with me about something that they just asked me to help them with. And I was like, what is happening? And those are the fight, flight, freeze responses associated with trauma. And there's one other, fawn. Fawn being when you know that a piece of advice or suggestion is given to you by someone that you deem an authority, a coach, mentor, teacher, whatever, doesn't feel good to you. Just doesn't feel good in your body, in your gut, in your brain, in your heart, wherever. And you do what my mom calls you, go along to get along. So you don't want to argue, you don't want to have any problems, you don't want to get put out of the group. So you just say, okay, and you do it, right? Yeah, so it's a, it's a coping mechanism. It's a protective mechanism because we are uh, communal creatures. We're designed to be in connection with one another. And so if there is a threat of the possibility of being disconnected, then we go along to get along. 
because we need each other to survive. And so that's why most of the time people think fight, flight, freeze. That's what I learned in school. But then fawn is the going along to get along. And so I see that so, so many times in, in coaching programs. Girl, when I learned about the fawn, I was like, that's me. (laughs) That is me. Little miss, just keep the peace. And, you know, and and what I, what I've really been working on a lot now, and it it was tied to my business in a way, because I was keeping myself small. Mm. It was a way for me to keep myself small because who would I be if I firmed up and if I got taller and if I took on a bigger shape and owned my no or owned, you know, my, just my reclaim my sovereignty to do shit my way. Or to say, thank you so much, but that's that's not me. I'm not going to take that path. Mm-hmm. And especially in the face of somebody that I deem more, you know, that who's whose brain I deem more credible than mine because they've created something that I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. That is radical self acceptance, not making myself wrong which I see all the time. And just this week, I had a a connection call with somebody and I just had to pause them and say, wait a second, you're not, you're not wrong. The results that you're not getting, you're not wrong. Mm -hmm. Stop making yourself wrong because this entire time that you're saying that everybody's giving you this advice and it doesn't feel good to you, you're making yourself wrong. Right. And, and I think this is so important because especially as women of color, we don't realize that even some of the cultural conditioning that we grow up in, we come into business and we think it's it's purely an algorithm problem, or it's purely a you know a, a sales script problem, or it's purely a content calendar problem, or I need to try another webinar, I need to try another sales funnel. And it's like, mm-hmm. but what about the fact that you're freaking out? Your system literally does not know how to handle this level of space that you're being called to take up to be an industry leader right this level of of just self-assuredness and knowing that you're worthy of having 100k sitting in your bank account and knowing that you can hold that much well listen i with my god bless my energy coach because you talk about generational healing like i have had visions after working with her of the middle passage of my ancestors saying we survived so that you could be here. And so I know that I have work to do. I'm here for a reason and it's, and I am supposed to stand up, to speak up. And I also recognize that it was not safe for my people to be intelligent. We were not even legally allowed to read. So to even know things is not safe, literally, physiologically unsafe. And so I recognize, and it makes perfect sense now, and I'm even connecting this as we're talking, the three-year-old me that was children to be seen, not hurt, they were trying to unknowingly to keep me safe because it was not safe to be smart. It was not safe to speak up. You want to be as small as possible, as quiet as possible, as dumb as possible, so that you stay alive, so that you're not beaten, so that you're not separated from your family. Those were the the punishments. And so it makes perfect sense to me now that 
when I see these things that you are you and I are talking about today, because I'm always a person that looks at what works for who, when, why, and how. And I see these connections. I see these patterns. I know these things. I was doing uh, social media marketing for business back in 2009, in the beginning of 2009, way before people were looking at me and my partner like we were crazy. Like, what are you talking about? You know, and and so I have always had this ability, but I had to tamper it. I had to squelch it because, and I didn't know why. I was like, well, why? Why should I watch somebody suffer when I know the answer? So it was that. It's generational stuff. It's stuff from being a, a, a smart athlete in school and having siblings and cousins in the same school that got compared to me. These are the little traumas that that we're talking about that we don't realize that we carry into our business. So if there was separation and there was bullying and there was family members being upset because they're being compared to their smart, um, successful athletic cousin or sister, then it makes perfect sense. There's a, a limit to how big I can be, how successful I can be, how smart I can demonstrate. Like I can be smart in my head all day. I can be smart to you, to you and I in a coffee chat all day, but to be in a bigger platform and share that brilliance. Now we're not safe. Now we're outside of the, the safety zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so these yeah. are some of the things that I notice when we talk about being a, a person of color mm-hmm. that come into yeah. play when we talk about business. For sure. And I definitely want to get into um, the different types of trauma that come up in business. Mm-hmm. But before we do, I was even thinking about how um, how I've noticed that even for a lot of us women of color, when we have big milestone months, we have a lot of resistance to sharing it online, right? Like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So I think this is, we were talking about this because I remember... I remember the person that we were in mastermind together, we were doing a, like a client spotlight. And I thought, okay, back to safe spaces. I'm, I'm looking around. I've decided what spaces are safe, where I can share my brilliance, my success, whatever. And I thought that we were doing this client spotlight in this closed container. No, we weren't. We were doing it not only not in the container, but on the, on the interwebs. And then I was tagged. And then that meant that it was on my page too. And when I tell you sick to my stomach, when I saw that post, like literally sweating and wanting to vomit. And when I think about what was underneath that was one, not safe, but also I've all, I've had a, another vision of something that I've seen and talked to multiple women of color about. When you become the the high earner in your family, you also become the family bank. Girl. So <laughs> I've had this vision of my family standing in the corner with their hand out. And so I think that's what triggered it. Like why I physically got ill when it was like, oh my God, now they know. And they're going to have their hand out. And, and so I seen, owe this to everybody else. Right. I have to pay it back. That's exactly right. For the opportunities I've had or that they haven't been able to overcome these hurdles, obstacles, whatever. And 
thankfully that hasn't happened to me, but I have definitely seen, I have a, a, a branch of the family that they do have money and I call them the family bank because they have lent money or given money or lent money that turned into them giving money to multiple family members. And what we don't realize is that there is a subconscious or unconscious realization that that's a possibility, that we could do all of this work, overcome all the stuff that we have to to overcome, because newsflash, it's not just a double major, you're in a triple major, because being in business is the self-development course that you didn't know you signed up for. So we're going to do overcome all of this internal junk, do all of this work, put in all this time and money and effort, and then we just have to give it away. And Ray Ray and Pookie is over there smoking weed all the time <laughs> and not handling business, and they didn't get it. Like, you know what I mean? So it makes perfect sense. I just want to, like, acknowledge if that has been your experience, if you witnessed it and you haven't been able to articulate it like I am now, that that might be active in your system under the surface. And that it makes perfect sense that you might see yourself unable to do certain things that you know would bring you success or that you want to do. We're not talking about misalignment here. We're like the things that you know would, would work and you want to do, and you can't get yourself to do them. It's not that you're a procrastinator. Don't put that label on yourself. It's possibly something else going on that is keeping you from doing the thing that would equal success. And I think sometimes we just write it off. It's like, oh, I have fear of success. But let's go to the next layer and ask why. Why am I... uh, afraid of success, hesitant to have, I don't know if it's even a fear of it sometimes. Sometimes it's fear, but like, what is that uncomfortable emotion that's associated with success and Mm -hmm. why is it there? Yeah. I'll share for me, this was a big thing that I didn't even realize I had. Um, I mean, I knew like, I've had, you know, like five figure milestone months and I was like a little bit scared, hesitant to share it, but I I just thought it was like a social media thing, like, oh, because, you know, fear of being, you know, cast out or being labeled as like a sellout or whatever. But I quickly got over it. What I didn't realize was that there was a pattern that my mentor, uh, my somatic mentor pointed out to me where I was like churning all the wheels, right? I was like, I'm working so hard. I'm doing all the things and nothing's working. She's like, because your will and your and your intent are not really lining up here. Your will is to, you know, my will, my determination is like full force. I want this. I want this. I want this. But I, my, I, my unconscious intent is different. And my unconscious intent was I would rather not win and not have the pressure versus winning. Right. And then all of a sudden having the pressure to maintain it, to exceed it because now I'm going to have the pressure of providing not only for me, not only for the family I'm soon going to have, but providing for everybody else financially, mm-hmm. but also just being the example, because then I have the pressure of, of maintaining that identity. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a, 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 just this flash of memory of being an elementary school elementary school or middle school. I was, I was pretty young. And I remember they were reading out test grades allowed the teachers would go through all the tests and just read out you know fulana a fulana d 
and there was always a bunch of snickering and whatever. And every time I would get an A, people would just be like, eh, okay, whatever. But if I got a B or a C sometimes, people would be oh, like, I would hear the gasp. And I remember thinking it would just be so much easier if I just failed all the time. Mm. It'd be so much easier if I just didn't care. And that was unconsciously playing out in this you know, holographic representation that I had created for myself where I'm doing all the things, but nothing seems to be working. Because it feels safer for me to have low, ex- you know, have low expectations and then exceed it mm-hmm. versus continuously win and then have to maintain it. Isn't that so interesting? It's fascinating. And, and I can totally identify with that. Um, being like, like you, like you said, straight A's, top of the class, like captain of various things. It's like you be the best or nothing right and it's like that mess is exhausting after a while and I think sometimes what happens is the body rebels the the will rebels it that whatever that battery is fueling it it just runs out of juice and it's like enough already it's it's almost like the the little versions of us are just wanting our unconditional love it's like do I have to do the things and be the best in order to have your love? Or can you just love me regardless? And here's the interesting thing that I've noticed for myself as I've done work around this and continue to do work around this is this stuff is going, it's going to happen anyway, because it's in us to do it. But being able to do it without the pressure is, is my next level of evolution. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So share with us a little bit the different types of trauma that you've identified um, through your work, because I remember it was so interesting for me to hear about you explaining the four different types of trauma that come through in business. So I don't know how you would like to kind of break it up, but can you share a little bit of that with us? Yeah. So as I started going down the, the trauma rabbit hole, I was like, oh my gosh, I can see all of these things that have happened to me in business and I see them in clients. And this is why a lot of people are having trouble. Now, in my work in launching, it it is very uh, visible because launching, what I realize is launching is the one thing that we have to do in business that requires us to be able to execute all of the major skills in business in a compressed time frame with a deadline. So I get to see really everything happen. If if you have trouble with selling, it's gonna it's gonna be very prevalent in your launch. If you have trouble with marketing and getting leads, it's gonna be prevalent in launch. If you have a problem with copywriting, it's gonna be prevalent. So all of these things show up. And so what I noticed was there's uh, visibility PTSD, where if anybody has ever shown up, I see this in from school age, like if you've ever had to go up to the board, kind of like what you just described, Daisy, where the the teacher is there being visible and saying the grades aloud. So that's a form of visibility. And then people have, they snicker or they laugh or they whatever, or they gasp, whatever your little person's system did with that. And they made that unsafe. That's trauma of visibility. But more often what we do is we see it with kids that try to read aloud and maybe they stutter or they stammer. The kids laugh and they decide, okay, using my voice in that way is not safe or going up to the board trying to solve a problem. So we see that there. But I also had an incident where being visible meant me sharing one of those ideas where I said very early on, if you're a new person in business, you don't need a website to get clients. 
And I got seriously attacked, of course, by website designers. And one in particular followed me around the internet to the point where he found my personal cell phone number and was making threats there. And I, now that's where it changed to, I think, more like a big T trauma where I was literally afraid for my life and came offline for almost 18 months. So that's visibility trauma. So if anything has happened there where you stood up, you were your biggest self and something happened, then it may be difficult for you to do it again. Then there's investment PTSD. At some point, we are all going to invest in a program, a course, a mentor, or whatever, a coach, and it doesn't go the way that we thought it would, could, or should. And sometimes we internalize that as either the victim where we like we were victimized or we start blaming the the deliverer of the product. And then that's investment PTSD, which that happened to me too, because it made it very difficult for me to invest again in things that I actually did need and things that I did want, because I just didn't want to touch that hot stove again. And I just didn't trust myself to make good decisions around my investments. Then there is um, sales PTSD. If we've ever experienced a, a sales process that didn't feel so good, then oftentimes what we do is internalize it as we generalize sales and saying all sales is bad and we don't want to do sales. And so we try to do whatever. This is where I see people doing, oh, I just want to do the evergreen funnels or, oh, I'm going to hire somebody to do sales for me. Oh, or I'm going to whatever, like I'm going to do sales in the DMs or whatever. So we see those kinds of things. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. There's, of course, launch PTSD, where you do a launch, like you get ready to put your baby out into the world and it doesn't go the way that you thought it would. Or I had one client one time where she worked with a launch company and every time she thought she was finished writing emails, they kept asking her for more and more emails. So now you can imagine she doesn't want to write emails for anything because she's like literally traumatized about launching, but launching equals emails and more and more and more and more. And so we have various things like this that that come up as we're going through the process of business that they're like little heavy rocks that are in a book bag that we just put in there. We didn't even realize we put them in it, or maybe somebody put it in there for us. And we're just walking around and we just wonder why the book bag, which represents our business, becomes so heavy. When when we first got out, we were all naive, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and we're going to make all this money and we on the beach and laptop lifestyle and sipping mimosas and all of these things. And we just wonder why did business get so heavy? Especially since we're the boss, we get to do, we get to make the, the shots. We get to call the shots. It's those rocks that we keep putting in the book bag or that get put in, in the book bag as we experience life as a business owner. Mm, yeah, I can definitely relate to all of those. And I know everybody listening can definitely relate. So um, I just want to quickly shout out for any of you listening, please screenshot this episode and tag me and tag Tavana. I'll have all her links in the show notes. And just let us know if this is really speaking to you, if this is resonating with you, because this needs to get into the hearts and ears of more coaches, 
and more women of color specifically. So help be part of the ripple effect. If this is really speaking to you and touching you, you're like, oh my gosh, this is opening up so much for me. This makes so much sense. Just quickly screenshot it, tag us, and um, we can get this into the hearts and ears of more people. Um, so I just want to quickly thank you for shining light on all of this because I feel like hopefully it's going to become more common, but to, to get to this level of depth with business is, I mean, it's, it's going to change the industry. It's going to change the world because imagine a world where more, more of us and specifically more women and more women of color are able to grow businesses without re-traumatizing themselves others in the process and imagine a world where we can truly create wealth not at the sacrifice of ourselves or our nervous system or our energy but by truly evolving into the version of us that i mean to your point that our ancestors are really calling us to be we all chose to be here at this time in this moment we chose our our purpose and our destiny and through work like this it allows us to get there. You know, it allows us to break through the the systems and the chains that that just need to dissipate so that we can really be free. So I just wanted to experience, like just express all of the appreciation that I have for you. And I cannot, like, I looked up at the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just flown by. Like, I feel like every time I talk oh, wow. to you, we can continue chatting for forever. But let everybody know what you got going on. And where they can just keep up with the amazing work that you're doing. Well, the easiest place to send me a message, connect with me. I love, love, love people. I love talking um, about this stuff is on Instagram. Find me at Tavana Denise. That's T-A-V as in Victor O-N-A. Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E. Uh, send me a DM, tell me that you listen to this so we can chat about all the things. And in terms of my primary program is the SOS program, because I realized that I got into this because I wanted to help people. I got into healthcare because I wanted to help people and I had a vision of helping more people. And so when I can help other coaches, healers, mentors help more of their people, then I've done what I've come here to do. So I do that through the SOS program because like you were saying, Daisy, I was sharing one of my visions with you, which is the 1 billion served initiative. I would just love to see a world where one eighth of the world's population was touched by coaching. I mean, that just gives me goosebumps and chills every time I think about it. And we have to do that together. I think, especially people of color, we are collaborative people. We are not competitive. I mean, we're pretty good in the competition too, <laughs> but our nature is to collaborate. And so I'm like, man, what if we got together and we really learned how to build businesses that felt good to our souls and, and really felt good to the communities that we wanted to serve. And we just, for a moment, focused on the mission, which is who we came to serve and however many people we feel called to serve. What if we focused on that a little bit more than the money, knowing that when we do that work, the money is, it has to come. Mm -hmm. So that's what, that's what I'm up to these days. You know, no big deal. Just setting out to have a billion people <laughs> served. 
by the coaching industry. It's just another day. <laughs> I love that so much. So I will include all of those links in the show notes. Everyone, please go hit up Tavana and get some of her energy in your life because we all need it. And just thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Hey, amiga. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I'd love to feature your review live on the air on the next episode. Yes. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, drop a review, and let me know what you're most enjoying about the podcast. También, be sure to subscribe to get first word when a fresh episode drops. Your support means so much to me, and I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode. See you then.